This is Just Football. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Football. Um, we are back. Um, I've got Dave with me today and this is Dan S. hosting. Dan P has decided to have a week off. Um, so but I think I think it's just a week, isn't it? Is he back next week? I feel like... I, I don't know. But the way he's messaging, it doesn't look like he's on <laughs> It doesn't look like he's on holiday. Yeah, so he's he's had his input into the session um, to which we've ignored and, and removed that from the agenda. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how we get on. Um, I was hoping to open up the session to say that we are world champions, um, but obviously didn't turn out as we hoped, um, as England lost uh, 1-0 to Spain uh, in yesterday's final. And you were just saying before we come online, you didn't actually get the chance to watch it, did you? No, I haven't seen Muscovis. I haven't seen much football this weekend. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it, I mean, congr- congratulations to Spain, first yeah. off. I think they've um, become the second, only the second nation to win both the male and the women's World Cup. If you were to ask me who the other team is, I'm not quite sure I know. Maybe Germany? Yes, I'll say Brazil. I would say Brazil. Yeah, we should probably fact check that before we... Um... Well, let, let our listeners fact check. I reckon it's Germany. I, I don't think they've got a good pedigree in women's football at the moment. I know Brazil have had very good teams in the past for women's football. Yeah. Dan would have known this, by the way. Dan would have known the answer to that, I think. Would he? Yeah. <laughs> so, Dan, <laughs> if you're listening, let us know. Um, so, yeah, so we lost we lost 1-0 to Spain. Now, I did actually watch the game, um, and it was, it was one of those games where I felt very frustrated watching it because you know and I'm sure you've had it watching Arsenal and things like this but you just feel like the ball just never bounces for you and never lands in the right in the right place to kind of have a chance and it felt like that the entire game yeah um, I've, I've seen plenty of those matches I've been <laughs> played and played in some as well yeah it just you just never feel like you get the rubber for green and like you know a corner comes in and you know the other team get the second ball and it just felt like that quite a lot um I felt like the England players definitely in the second half looked a bit tired um, and you know not as good as they had been, but I guess it has been a bit of a roller coaster to kind of get to the final. The other thing I kind of noticed quite a lot, um, well, a, a couple of things, yeah, two two things I noticed quite a lot was um, the Spanish players. The amount of time they kind of like broke up momentum by just like going down to the floor too easily and kind of getting physios on or, or, or being injured. It felt a little bit too much. Um, and that kind of broke up every kind of momentum that England had in the second half. Um, and the other, I guess, cool thing for an England fan is, I don't know if you've seen clips of this, Dave, was um, the, the penalty save by England. Because at that point, you felt like England were going to come back. So I think it was in about the 70th minute. Uh, where we conceded the penalty um, through a handball decision, which was reviewed by VAR, uh, and then Mary Earp saved the penalty um, and got very passionate about saving the penalty. <laughs> have you have you seen this clip? I have seen that clip. Yes. Yeah, where I'm, I'm no expert lip reader, but I'm I'm pretty sure she shouted um, some obscenities at the, the Spanish players to, well, put it politely, to go away. 
but at that point, I felt like we were going to have momentum to win it, and we just never quite got that really, really good chance um, to equalise. So, so a bit of a shame. Um, the other interesting thing about that VAR decision, I don't know if this happened throughout the World Cup, but it's the first time I saw it. But after the decision, the referee made an announcement to the stadium of what the decision yes. was. Yeah, the, Dan and I talked about it while you were off. You yeah. were Sean down in the uh, down in the southwest. Yeah. I initially I thought it was a really good idea, but now reflecting on it, I don't think it adds any benefit. It gives no explanation as to why the decision was made. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I guess it was just kind of different to me as I, as I watched it because it's the first time I experienced it. I didn't know it was happening. It felt almost Americanized. Do you know what I mean? It, it felt more like something you'd expect in American sport. I don't know if yep. it sat quite well. And like you said, she didn't tell the reason. She just told everyone what was going to be put up on the screen anyway. Yep. Yeah, so you, no real benefit. Yeah, so if you had kind of like the dialogue... Or yeah, the, the the real justifications as to why it was a penalty, um, then it would have yeah felt a little bit better. But also, what I noticed about and I noticed that's about VAR a lot. It was an extraordinary amount of time to get to that decision of whether it was handball, and I felt like most England fans when they watched that would have noticed within first or second replay. I don't think you notice it in real time which you can be excused for not noticing. But on the first or second replay, I think you can tell it's a penalty. But that whole decision took four to five minutes to get to. And it just seems a bit absurd how how much it kind of slows the game down. And I feel like there should be a limit. You know, if you can't get it in four replays, then that's it. It's, it's not a definite penalty. You, you wave it on. But something has to change in, in that area. But do, you, do you think perhaps, because I know in the Premier League, some of our decisions have gone long, longer than five minutes. Yeah. Do you think maybe because it is the World Cup final, there's the added pressure to to try and make that correct decision, which is why they're being more cautious and taking longer? It's playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I think so. But you would you would think if that was the case, you would err on the side of caution and not give a penalty as well. Sure. If it was it was edge case, but. I don't think I minded which way the decision was going to go. I just don't think it should have taken five minutes. Yeah, that's a, that's, it's a lot of time. When you consider there's a clampdown on time wasting. Yeah. And then referees do it just as much, if not worse, or their perception is worse. And yet I think there's a case to answer for. Yeah. The commentator made a good point because um, I, I sometimes find the women con- commentators almost a bit more honest with how things are going. But... They made a, a good point saying when it, you know, when the VR are reviewing it and they say, oh, well, they think they're going to call the referee over to the screen. One of uh, the people commentating said, I don't know why we're wasting this time um, getting her over to the screen. They might as well told her to go over straight away because that was always going to be the outcome. So, so why waste the sort of two to three minutes before that, knowing that she's got to run over to the screen anyway? Mm. If you think it's dubious, get her going straight away. Yeah. How many times have you seen the referee overturn a VAR decision? Yeah. It's very rare. We saw recently it happened in France. Yeah. And then there's an explanation by the referee. But other than that, it's so rare. 
It doesn't yeah. happen. Uh, and to give you an update, it was Germany. Well, yes. Uh, won both. You've well won done. this week's quiz. <laughs> yeah. Point to Dan. Um, uh, two, 2003, 2007, they won the, the World Cup. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I thought it was Germany. I, I don't recall Brazil ever doing that well in a Women's World Cup, but... They, um, they were runners-up to Germany in 2007. Yeah. Um, interesting to know. So, other things from the World Cup. So, yes, it was decided by a 1-0 um, winner. Um, the, the goal scorer was a lady named Olga Cabona, um, who scored the only goal of the game. And it was reported afterwards, and I guess this is, must be really kind of surreal for her, but um, it was reported after when she came off the pitch or finished the World Cup, at, I don't know what stage, whether it's after celebrations or et cetera, um, she was informed of the news that her dad had passed away a couple of days before. Okay. Um, so she's obviously finished you know, probably one of the best moments of her sporting careers and then came off to, to kind of discover personal tragedy. Um, I think her dad had been battling an illness for quite a while. Um, but then, yeah, passed away on Friday. And then that kind of led me to other questions. Like, I wonder if that was, like, deliberately kept from her so she her mind was set on the World Cup final and then told her afterwards, because two days seems like a long time to, to not know that news. Yeah. Um, well, that That is really interesting. The, did you read the Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale interview? Um, bits of it. I haven't read it in full. Yeah, I'm trying to cut my mind back, but he used football as a distraction. Yeah. Which, um, uh, well, I suppose as a way out to try and forget temporarily about everything that's going on in the real world. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do use it as a coping mechanism. Like, you know, years and years and years ago when I lost one of my parents and I was a tennis player, I used to find excuses to go and play tennis matches all the time for, for that yeah. exact reason, just to to get out of your own head for a little while. Um, but obviously, you know, in this example here, she's just experienced the elation of scoring a, a World Cup winning goal and to come off to that news must be very, very... I guess you wouldn't even know how to react, would you? Um, no, I, I don't think you could start to describe the emotion she's feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um other things from the World Cup, the Women's World Cup, as it as it um, wrapped up, there was twenty one point two million people that watched that game yesterday. Wow. Obviously, Dave, you were not one of those twenty one point <laughs> two million people. Um, I, during I was the, not <laughs> during the game, it got to twelve million um, at peak. Um, what I tried to find, and I couldn't, is how that compared to relatable games in the men's game or other sporting events. I couldn't find it. Um. You mentioned on here a few weeks ago about the the women's goalkeeper shirt not being up for sale, um, and Nike have now released a statement and it and saying it is now committed to well, it's not now it's committed to the women's game um, and working for a solution towards future tournaments. But they believe it's encouraging that these conversations have happened. Now, is that because England got to the final on this? Yeah, this this was released last night. Yeah. Uh, so 1.5 billion uh, watch the men's final in Qatar. Right. Okay. But sorry, this 21.2 million is UK. Uh, UK. It's not worldwide. So I don't, I don't okay. know what yours. I don't know what yours is. Sorry. Oh, that that was worldwide. Yeah. Because there's not that many people in England. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, so, so Nike has released that statement says future. What do you think about the football shirts in general? Because I think this is the first time I've been aware that the Lionesses wore a different football shirt to what the men's team wear. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in club football, that's not the case. I think they wear the same shirts. Mm, yes and no. So they wear, see, women wear different different cuts of the shirt. Yeah. We'll see, different physiques. But Arsenal women have got an away shirt that's completely different from the men's shirts. It's women's exclusive only. Yeah. Or at least this, uh, this season. Yeah. Which is, a, I think, Stella McCartney designed. So it is starting to happen. They are starting to sort of, I suppose, I don't know what the word is, but diverge away from men's or men's designs a little bit. And and what are your thoughts on that? I'm absolutely fine with it, to be honest. I mean, obviously you have the identity, the club identity, but it also gives people the opportunity to support the relevant teams. Not everyone will support a men's team. They'll prefer the women's team. But, also, it, I think this gives women a bit more identity and association with a football club that they might not necessarily get with the men's side. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder, so in that example of Arsenal having an exclusive women's third kit, um, can that be bought in a male version to wear? Or is it, you know how like the, the men's shirts, you can you can get a women's a women's version of it, can't you? Uh, which is a different um, shape. Do you think it will go the other way? Um, so I know she really, she did a design for a unisex shirt. Yeah. I think, I believe this the women's shirt is for the women's team exclusively. That yeah. doesn't prevent you from buying it then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not... I can't see myself going on to Arsenal.com anytime soon and um, buying a shirt. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it is, I think it's a pink number from what I've seen. It's quite pink, white and blue. Yeah, okay. It's kind of based, it's similar to the design of the current away kit, which is yellow and black, which isn't very well liked by most fans. Yeah. But I think it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I won't be buying it, wearing it, but I think it still looks good. Yeah, I think I have um, a kind of a thing against football shirts in general. Anyway, even in the men's game, it's just so many and so expensive. And you know, the new Tottenham shirt came on sale for like seventy, eighty pounds, and it's just it's just far too much for a football shirt. Yeah, it's but ridiculous. Yeah, the last new... last ten months, right before the next one's released, and it's just uh... yeah. But now you get. The home kit, the away kit, the third kit. Yeah. And I've start, started seeing kits that are exclusive to certain countries as well. Yeah. Which is, it's getting ridiculous, especially because of the price. Yeah. Well, back well, in my I, day, not to sound well, old, well, back, back that, in my day. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what I was going to say. Back in my day, when I was a little nipper. Yeah. And, and Colour TV was about then. The, I think it's 40, 45 pounds for a shirt. Yeah. But also the home shirt would last two seasons, right? There'd only be two shirts. Well, this is how Tottenham did it. I don't know if it was the same across the board. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was the same. But home shirts would last two years and there would only be one away kit, which lasted 
every year. That that changed every year, but HomeKit lasted every two years. So it's uh yeah it's a it's a bit much, um, but but we have gone off on a bit of a tangent about football. We have. I've got one little tan, another tangent. Yeah, go I, on. I did post it in WhatsApp chat yesterday. The Chelsea kit is horrible. Um, I must admit I didn't open the link. I, I didn't post the link. <laughs> That's why <laughs> I haven't seen it, man. <laughs> but it's so it's a standard blue. They don't have sponsors, which is actually pretty nice. But they've got their their badge and the Nike tick. Is it kind of changes color? It's shiny. Yeah, you can change from a yellow to a red, and you've got green in the middle. It's like a sheeny thing you'd expect from the eighties or nineties. Yeah, but it looks horrible, quite tacky. On the, on the Chelsea one, so like you said, they haven't got a home sponsor at the moment. I don't know if their plans are to get a home sponsor at some point. So you just you wouldn't buy the shirt now, would you? Because you might now that might change in six weeks' time if they get a shirt sponsor. But then, if you're cynical, you can say, "Yeah, I'm going to buy it because it might be worth more money down the line." It's already worth too much money to buy it outright, <laughs> <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> um, but anyway, going back to World Cup, just just a few other things. Um, so yeah, we talked about the Nike um, releasing that statement, um, and did you know? There was a third, fourth playoff on Saturday. I did know. Uh, See, I, know I, that, I know that Sweden won. But yeah. I also think it's completely and utterly pointless. Agreed. I think in both women's and men's World Cup, I think by the time that you get knocked out in the semi-final stage, you're emotionally shattered. And the last yep. thing you want to do is play another game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's, Sweden beat Canada. Uh, is it Australia, Australia 3-0? Yeah, and here's a funny story for you. Um, and I, I saw this um, on social media from a news report from Australia. So you know, Australia in the year, sorry, in the round before they met England, they played France and they beat France in a, a mammoth penalty shootout. Yep. We we touched upon it last week. Well, I was <laughs> I read a news story where there was this pub in Australia who went to put on the game and they were going to stream it from a website. So they Googled France, Australia or Australia, France or whatever it was. Um, and they clicked on the first link and they, they played the match. But that match was the replay from the friendly that they played a month or two before the World <laughs> Cup, like one of the warm-up games. And you, you, I saw this interview of this guy who came out of this pub thinking that Australia had won 1-0 uh, because he'd watched this entire game thinking it was the World Cup knockout game and everyone in the pub did came out thinking Australia had won one nil and you know you can I guess you can laugh and joke about it because Australia went on to win the penalty shootout anyway so you know we went through but imagine if you felt this elation that you just thought you'd watch Australia win and you get outside and you realize oh my god they've just been knocked out <laughs> we've watched the wrong game um but yeah I suppose, I suppose yeah the, the outcome is Australia progressed but you didn't have to deal with emotions or penalties yeah yeah, maybe that's a better way of doing it. Um, I wonder what they thought, because I don't know if, you know, uh, the friendlies are the same as England friend, men's friendlies, where they make like 10 substitutions at half time. I wonder if that like raised any alarm bells, if any sort of like friendly type behaviour happened. I've no but, idea. Let's, let's try and interview uh, that person. It is it's really funny because it was reported on like um, an Australian news show 
Um, and the, the host, the broadcaster, was just like in hysterics interviewing this guy. <laughs> but anyway, to the Premiership. So second weekend of uh, the Premiership. So just go through um, some of the results. Um, so Aston Villa beat Everton. Oh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm doing it the wrong way around. So um, Friday night, Forest beat Sheffield United 2-1. Um, and then on Saturday, we had Fulham lose to Brentford 3-0. Liverpool beat Bournemouth 3-1. The Luton game was postponed. Um, they were due to play Burnley and was postponed due to their stadium not quite being ready yet, which I thought was interesting because I thought when Tottenham were in that position a few years ago, we had to play away for like the first four or five weeks before we caught up on home games. So it's interesting they postponed the game completely, um, but maybe that's the best decision for both parties. Um, Wolves got thrashed by Brighton 4-1 uh, Tottenham beat United 2-0 which we'll come on to in a minute City beat Newcastle 1-0 um, yesterday Villa beat Everton 4-0 and West Ham beat Chelsea 3-1 so I thought we'd talk about a few of those games yeah, one thing I did say Dan, I, yeah. I didn't say I did see some of the Man City Newcastle game as well. Okay, let's go Again, to that one then. Is, is there any commentary? It, I, I didn't see the City Newcastle game, but is there any sort of commentary you wanted to add or comments? Yes, the Man City dominated Newcastle. Yeah, uh, I barely remember. New, I think Newcastle had a couple of breakaways, but Man City was very much pass, pass, pass. Phil Foden looked really good. I think City really, they seem to lack a cutting edge at the moment. I know we're only a couple of games in, but they, they seem to be missing something. Yeah. And obviously they've lost a few players. They've lost Mares and uh, who's the one who went to Gundogan or Gundogan? He went to Barcelona. They seem to be missing those type of players. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is. They have a lack of pace as well. And De Bruyne's injured as well. So that's probably yeah, he's out for four months. Which is actually yeah. something else I was going to bring up if we have time. Yeah. But not, not just De Bruyne. But. And, yeah. is, is it, and Haaland as well, just because I noticed it on uh, Fantasy League, Fantasy Premier League is, or Fantasy Dream Team, whatever it's called, is he only Fantasy scored football. two. Fantasy Football, that's it. He only scored <laughs> two points of a weekend. So me moving to captain him didn't really do me any benefits. Yeah, he, he's my captain as well. Uh, yeah. I think I've got Saka as vice-captain, so we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah. Um, but is it, I think it's, I, I know probably City didn't play well, but I think that is a good win for them. Um, I think it puts a statement as to one of the other teams that might be up there. Um, just to say that, you know, they're still um, better than the rest. Um, but we, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how they kick on, kind of. Um, they did this last year as well. They stuttered and start spluttered at the start, didn't they? And they were out in Europe midweek as well. Um, whether that had a factor, I don't know. They played the the Super Cup. Yes, that's correct. They were and they won that on penalties, didn't they? As well. So they, they did another match. I didn't see. Yeah, I, I didn't. You know what? I didn't even know it was on. <laughs> I, I saw some clips. I was like, oh yeah, that happened. Um, next game to talk about is the um, Tottenham win. Um, do we have to? Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's on my list. So Tottenham yep. beat Man United 2-0. Um, 
which I felt for us was a big win. Um, not so much on the abilities of both teams, but just a, a big win against a, a big name. Uh, partly because, you know, we've, we've just sold a £100 million player and then to, to beat Man United the week after feels like needed because then it kind of gets that monkey off your back, doesn't it? If it stops the media talking about a post-Kane era. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess both Kane and Tottenham can say they had a monkey off their back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, with, with regards to, to Tottenham, um, Man United had some incredible chances they should have buried. They really should have done. Um, and another VAR controversy is that Romero, and I say this as a Tottenham fan, Romero, to me, seemed like he handled the ball in the area. Um, and again, you don't see it in real time. And I often forgive the referee for not seeing things in real time. But there's just zero excuse for missing it on the replay. I I just don't get it. Yeah, and it went to VAR. Well. It went to it went to VAR, uh, okay. and it was it, and again a few minutes to make a decision, multiple replays, um, but yeah, not given. And this either I don't understand the handball rule, but he had like he had his hand up in the air, so it's not like it was down by his side or in front of his leg. The hand was up in the air, and it wasn't just a brush of it; it proper hit his hand um, as okay. as it went past him. So to me, it was a definite penalty. Um, but then we went on to win 2-0 and I would say in the second half we were quite solid and probably were a better team in the second half. Um, big win for us. Um, I think we've got a few players which have come in which are looking quite good. Uh, so some of the new guys have come in and Madison's come in is looking very good, looking very much like a future captain of Tottenham. Um, but the interest, and I know you mentioned this before we come on here, but the other interesting thing was about Bruno Fernandes' interview afterwards um, who claimed that referees should have to come on to talk about their mistakes um, that they make. But I don't think he talks about the horrendous miss um, <laughs> that he had in front of goal where he was like two yards out, had a free header, no defenders, and he, com- he completely missed. Um, I I did see that. Did you? It's terrible, it, wasn't it? It, it was awful. Uh, I I do think referees should come come out and explain their decisions. Yeah. I but also feel well if referees are going to do that, so should players. Yeah. Explain Fernandez. Why did you miss that header? Yeah. Um. Also, I would love. Martinez, a United centre back, to come out and explain what happened when he scored his own goal. That's not going to happen. No, it's not not going to happen. But I think I, I'm pretty sure I've said it on the pod already. But I don't rate Martinez as a centre back. I don't think he's very good, and he's a thug. Yeah. And I'm still seeing it. I'm not seeing a good defender. I'm seeing a I'm seeing a little hard man. Yeah, he's um. Yeah, I don't really know too much about him, but that, yeah, for Tottenham's second goal where he did that, it was just, I couldn't quite work out what had happened because you, you saw Davis kind of go across and kind of touch it slightly, and then all of a sudden it was a goal. And it was, yeah. when you watch the replay, you kind of see what happened. Um, yeah, but they're, they're just not, I just don't think they're very good, Man United. I don't think they are as good as what they should be. Um 
you know, they were outplayed by Wolves last week um, yeah. and were fortunate to come away with three points. Um, but, but going back to the Fernandez um, interview, is and you are right. I think referees should have to come out and explain their mistakes, but it's just funny coming from him because he obviously <laughs> made a horrendous header and he didn't mention the fact that they should have conceded the penalty in the last minute of the, the Wolves game last week when yeah. you know their keeper come out and clattered someone. And again, what is the point of VAR if VAR's not picking up on those clear and blatant errors? I, I completely agree, Dan. And it's interesting because... So, was it Salisbury? So Salisbury was the one on VAR. He's the one who made a number of wrong decisions on VAR last season and got suspended for it. Oh, okay. And now he's 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 had a week off. But that, to from a public perspective and point of view, having a week off doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's like you've been a naughty boy, you know. Come back in a week's time and you've learned your lesson. But they don't seem to learn. Yeah. And there's there seems to be no I'm all for improving the standards of behaviour on the pitch. Now the reason why I mention this now, so I'm gonna circle back around. So there's an edict to improve players' and managers' behaviours. So, you know, if you're being petulant, you get booking. If you have more than one person in the t- technical box, you get booking. If you're waving your imaginary card, you're getting booking. But the problem is when you have, I think, egregious mistakes, as what happened with Anana last week, there were no, nothing happened. Obviously, there was an apology by the Pijamal after. But Gary O'Neill, the Bournemouth man, was it Bournemouth? Wolves manager now. Yeah. He got booked. Yeah. Or criticizing the referee, even though the referee got the mistake wrong and VAR got it wrong. Yeah. But there's no punishment, really. Yeah. And, and I wonder I wonder that booking still stands as well, whether I retract that booking. Well, technically, if you have a yellow card, it can't be rescinded. You can only rescind it yet, uh, red cards. Yeah. So by laws of the game, if it's a yellow card, it stands. Yeah. Uh, so it, it does feel... The PGMOL are in a mess at the moment. Yeah. We are seeing lots of mistakes again. Yeah. Um, but we're not seeing an improvement in the standards of refereeing. Yeah. Also as well, which doesn't hasn't come to light after this Tottenham game as well. Whereas I think that handball was probably, you know, let's say it's 96% chance it was it was a penalty. I think Tottenham also had an 80% shout for a penalty as well um, yeah. at, at some point in the game. And that doesn't get talked about because the other one trumps it. But, yeah. but again, VAR is not spotting that mistake. It's, you know, we put VAR in to eliminate the real time mistakes um, and to have a benefit of hindsight. But even that is still failing at certain times. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of work to do. There is a lot of work to do. And while we're talking about VAR and controversial decisions, let's move on to the Liverpool game. <laughs> where Liverpool got off to a really bad start. Um, they had Bournemouth scored a goal, which was disallowed, but then Bournemouth scored a, a couple of minutes later anyway to take the lead. Um, but eventually Liverpool won um, 3-1. But the talking point of that game was McAllister, um, or McAllister, however you pronounce it, got sent off 
Um, and again, I watched it in real time and he, the referee got the red card out straight away. And I thought, oh, I must have missed something because that just didn't look like a red. Yeah. And then you watch it again in slow-mo and again and again. And you're like, I just can't see it, how that's even, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not even sure it's a booking, let alone a red card. It was it was such a weird decision. I, I'm i just about to watch it because I haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm assuming they're going to appeal. I've, I I I I haven't seen that in the news, but I would I would think so. Like you listen to the pundits on Match of the Day, everyone said it was a, a mistake. This one didn't go to VAR. Did it go to VAR? I don't. I think the referee gave it a red. I don't think VAR overturned because um, they didn't see it as clear and obvious. Um, okay. But it just it just wasn't a red card. Okay, so I'm just about to watch it now. Real time updates. Real time. No, I didn't see. That's definitely not a red. <laughs> exactly. But Maybe the, you, 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 see that, you see, you've got that from a single replay. We should set up VAR offices in our homes and, and do it ourselves. Because it's a bouncing ball. Both have got their feet raised. Yeah. It's just a matter of who gets there first. It's not yep. a dangerous challenge by any means. So, I mean, He's gone kind of side-footed into it. He hasn't really gone studs up. Yeah. There is a bit of motion. Yellow card at at the best. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's, it was just a bizarre, bizarre decision. Um, So next game to move on to was the Chelsea game um, yesterday. Um, whereby Chelsea, <laughs> and I think, you know, we, we, we have a mutual... Like between us, because it's Arsenal and Tottenham, I think we have a mutual dislike for Chelsea. I think that's one thing we agree on. Um, yep. So I think we both probably found it quite humorous that they lost to West Ham um, yesterday. Um, it, you know, especially and there's, there's a few added things on here, isn't there? There's especially since you know West Ham have just lost their talisman. They're you know Mr. West Ham last year with Declan Rice going to West Ham, and Chelsea have. You know, should have all the momentum, should have uh, the the new season buzz of their new signings, new manager. Um, and I felt I watched the bits of this game, but I just felt like they were outplayed. Um, well, yes, I saw the second half. Yeah. So Chelsea weren't outplayed. Certainly weren't oh. outplayed. They had a lot of possession, but didn't yeah. do much with that possession. Yeah. They they looked like. Very good individuals, but they're not a team. Uh, and that's because they've had so many players go in and out. You can't, they haven't got those relationships, haven't built out those dynamics yet. What is also really interesting, so if you're on Twitter and you look at Chelsea, there's a lot of Chelsea fans banging on about Enzo Fernandez, Caicedo, Lavia. So Fernandez missed a penalty yesterday. Casado uh, conceded yeah. a penalty, and it was a really bad challenge. Yeah, it wasn't bad as in reckless. It was just really poor, late, slow, lethargic. He's only just come on as a sub, and I think it's just a lot of irony. Yeah, um, and I've, I've I've seen similar sort of tweets, and it was like you know those two players come to what two hundred and thirty million, um, yeah. and and that's the impact that they had. 
Whereas James Ward-Prowse, who's just signed for 30 million for West Ham, got two assists and a win. Yeah, really good signing. Really like yeah. it. Yeah, and obviously, with regards to money, is an absolute league apart from what Chelsea paid for those two players. Yeah, um, I saw another funny thing on Twitter where it said, under this uh, American owner, Chelsea have more sign-ins, uh, which is 24, so I made 24 sign-ins, um, than Premier League wins, which is down at 11, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I thought was quite funny to, to read. Um, also, another interesting fact of games, so, so Raheem Sterling, so at 1-0, um, Chelsea had a penalty, which was won by Raheem Sterling. That makes him, he's now won more penalties than anyone in Premier League history at 24. Really? Yeah. Wow. Random stat of the day, isn't it? That's really good stats. Uh, yeah. Good things. Sterling wasn't very good either yesterday. No. He has got that sort of game though that wins penalties. Not I'm not saying he's simulating or anything like that, but the way he kind of twists and turns running into the area, you can get kind of make sense and his longativity in the in the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the, the other interesting talking point is that Paqueta scored the penalty at the end. Um and news came up about him last week that he is allegedly match fixing. Um and intertwined with gambling uh, irregularities. Now, we, we talked about this a bit, but should he have been playing yesterday um, when he's under these sort of allegations? My opinion, I know we have to be fairly careful about what we say. My opinion is no. I think he should be suspended or put on gardening leaf yep. until the investigation has finished and the outcome I- determined. Completely, 100% agree. If you're under those sort of investigations, you have to be suspended until the investigation is complete. That's what happens in the workplace today, isn't it? If there's some sort of allegation, you're suspended until the investigation's done. Is, yeah, and I think with Tony, they set a bit of a precedent. But I know we discussed the MLS in the past, so someone in the MLS was investigated for a very, very similar thing, but he was suspended straight away. Yeah. So whether it's the club doing suspension or the, the governing body, I don't know. But it's interesting how they do different thing, things differently. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, but you felt like he was always going to score and you kind of wonder what the odds on were him scoring <laughs> yesterday as well. <laughs> um, other things to happen in the Premier League. So Aston Villa uh, won convincingly against Everton. Calvert-Lewin made a long way to return from injury but actually got clobbered in the face um, and looks to be out um, again a little bit about us. Aston Villa won easily yesterday but that's obviously bouncing back from last week when they got hammered at Newcastle or against Newcastle Um, and the other thing is Brighton are still Brighton are currently top of the league aren't they after scoring four goals against Wolves and again I feel like this is another statement with a couple of their big players leaving but they've turned out two good results to, to be at the top they, they certainly have. I know I've got Mitoma in my dream team. My Premier yeah. League team. Do you know what? I saw him score and I thought, oh, I wish I had him because I think he'll be one to watch this year. Yeah, and I think I've got Estepinian. I might put him in the Just Football one as well. Yeah. I know he scored yesterday. But yeah. a really, really good team. They've got an amazing scouting department. Yeah. And uh, whoever is doing their transfers, doing the selling, He's given a pay rise. Yeah, and 
They're doing it properly as well, aren't they? If they're not, you know, spending a hundred million to resolve a twenty million problem, um, which is what. Yeah, and, and apart from Palace, I don't know of anyone who doesn't like Brighton. Yeah, I think they're a good team to watch. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. They're definitely likable. Um. So yeah, so good on them for see if that continues top of the league. Um, other news: so stepping away from Premier League a bit. Uh, well, not stepping away, but Theo Walcott's retired um, yes. as of last week. Obviously, Arsenal legend. Um, and I felt, as I said, I felt feel a bit weird about this one because I feel like it was only yesterday he was 16 and being picked for that World Cup squad by Sven. Which, so which is crazy bit, as well. <laughs> yeah, which was crazy. But it feels a bit surreal to so that he's now retiring. Um, but yeah, do you want to give any commentary on Walcott as he's probably one of your heroes so yeah I was so one of the things I was quite running around in my head is you, you called him a legend or an Arsenal legend I don't think he is really okay I like Walker as a player I think he's very instinctive he bags of pace but he's not up there with Henri Bergkamp Perez for me yeah. I think Good player, very good player. I think similar to others, I think his injuries were were an issue. Yeah, I I do like him. I, th- I think he contributed massively to to Arsenal as a club. He did for England as well. I think he scored a hat trick on a couple yeah. of occasions. But I I don't think he ever fully realised his potential. Do you do you think a little bit win against him for going to that first World Cup and all of a sudden having the media on his back but this you know this is the golden boy who's gonna rip England apart or you know rip the world apart for England over the next few years of how good he is? If almost felt like it took him a little while to recover from that kind of initial hype because of that World Cup inclusion. Yeah, I mean for me, there's no way they should have taken him to the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, for Sven to do it and then the FA, ludicrous decision. Yeah. There's no justifying it, really. He wasn't even playing for... Because he was at Arsenal at the time, wasn't he? He, I think he just signed. But, yeah, he wasn't a first-team player. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like Rooney, who was already playing first-team football for his club. It never At the time, it felt like Walcott wasn't there yeah. and was being taken along for the ride. And I've... I think that probably harmed him in the long run. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So I like him, really good player. Good luck with his retirement. He speaks really well. I think he'd make a really good pundit. Yeah. He had the chance to go out to Saudi, but turned it down. Oh, really? Yeah, so he chose retirement over Saudi. That's interesting. Yeah. The other retirement hot off the press this morning is that Ben Foster, goalkeeper of Wrexham, um, has, has retired. Has he? Three games in. So after promising the fans he had one more year and you know push for League One and his big social media video, he's decided he's played a few games and he's not as good as he wants to be. Um, so he, he's retired. I think that's fair enough. I th- maybe should he have done that earlier or did he want to play League One? Or maybe maybe he's only played twelve games for Wrexham, so he came in yeah. as a he came in as a sign-in, didn't he? I can't remember if their number one got injured. He obviously came in. There was a bit of a hurrah about him coming in, and he made some key saves, and you know was part of a few moments. 
Yeah. Um, so you know he's got to he's got to experience something really cool, um, but just doesn't think he can he can carry on with it. Well, I think there's a lot of kudos to him as well because he's being realistic and not putting the club at risk. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I've got a feeling they've just signed the goalie as well, so maybe there was a bit of planning involved in this as well. I don't know. It will be. Um, Wrexham, however, their result from Saturday, they were five three. I think they were five three down with a few minutes to play, and they they drew five all. I saw that. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. So exciting game. Um, elsewhere, so you you touched upon it when we talked about Tottenham, but Harry Kane scored for Bayern against Werder Bremen on. Saturday. I was going to say Saturday, but it's not. It was Friday, Thursday, Friday, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, when I think Bayern won about 4-0, 4-1. Something yeah, like I think 4-1. I think he got goal and assist. Correct, yeah. Do you reckon he'll get golden boot? I've got a feeling he's going to score a lot of goals. Yes, I think he'll definitely get golden boot. Yeah. Um over to America, to other states, where Inter-Miami have won the first trophy in their existence um, following a penalty shootout win against Nashville um, it, SC in a League Cup final. Who um, scored in that match? You would never guess. <laughs> You'd never guess. It's only um, Lionel Messi scoring for the seventh time in 10 games. He's now the third top scorer for Inter-Miami. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny when, it's funny when you hear stats like that, isn't it? Um to into Miami and now seven games. Do you know what else Messi has now achieved by winning that trophy? No. He has now won more trophies than any other player. There we go. That's not a surprise. Do you want to have a guess at how many? 44. You've just read that? You've just read that? <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, I haven't. <laughs> no way. Yeah, 44, 44, 44 trophies. Um, so wow. yeah, so very very impressive. Um, any any other thing to note before we go to quiz is that um, Ivan Tony did an interview on Diary of a CAO um, this week with Stephen Bartlett. I don't know if you ever listened to any of his podcasts. Nope. He randomly sometimes gets footballers and ex footballers on to talk. It was quite an interesting conversation. Um, if you ever wanted to hear, but he talked he talked about kind of what happened, what he felt had happened. Um, during his time of relegation. And interestingly, he said what he's finding hardest at the moment is not the not playing of matches. He can handle that, but it's not being allowed near the football ground and the football training ground. So he's, he's not training at the moment. Hmm. I think he can start training again in September. Um, yeah. And he can start playing again in January. Um, I think it is. I thought Ivan Tony might have been one that Tottenham were watching, but on this podcast, it's come out that he might be in Arsenal supporter or have uh, that sort of allegiance. It doesn't matter though, does it? Because ultimately, as a professional footballer, you'll play for whoever's willing to pay pay yeah. for you and pay your contract. Yeah, very true. Um, so yes, I thought that was quite interesting. So, any, Sorry, can any, we go back to Messi? Yeah. So I don't know if you saw the weekend before. It might be mid- midweek, the goal he scored. I've seen a few goals. I don't know which one it was though. It's just 35 yards out. Okay, yeah. Top corner. Yeah. It is, it's just incredible what he can It's insane, do. isn't it? And it, it must be really exciting to be a part of that kind of like group of fans or round into Miami at the moment because it just looks really cool to be a part of. 
I, I completely agree. And on a side note, a little segue. How do you think Phil Neville is feeling right now? He <laughs> um, must feel a bit hard done by because Phil. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Phil Neville managed to lionesses as well before, didn't he? he well, this is exactly why I'm mentioning it. So obviously, into Miami started winning. Yeah, Phil Neville was in charge before Serena Wiegman. Yeah, she went on to win the Euros, got to the World Cup final. Now yeah. into Miami have just won a, a trophy for the first time and started doing well. So yeah, it just yeah. feels like he might be the precursor before success. So yeah, maybe maybe Tottenham should get him in for a season uh, before before <laughs> before no. handing off to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are you are right though. You would feel feel like oh, I can't do anything right. I can't. <laughs> These teams obviously can win, and I'm holding them back. <laughs> but then again team with, with Messi in and without Messi it's a, it's a bit of a class yeah, thing, isn't it any other comments Dave from the football over weekend or last week that you wanted to touch upon uh, not really not not nothing springs to the top of my head okay so are you ready for your challenge yes I was trying to do delaying tactics <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know if you listened to the episode of me and Dan I got Dan to read to name the twenty current Premier League stadiums. Um, okay. Yes, I, I, I wouldn't. Did. I wouldn't tell him any team. Well, if he was able to list them without me having to name the club, I'd give him two points. Um, and if I needed to name the club, I'd give him one point. Um, I'm going to do the same with you, but I'm going to do managers. Now, I think, well, I think you've got an easier thing because I think because you know because we're two weeks into the season, there's been a lot of mention of managers lately. Yeah. I think you'll do this. So I'm not sure what the thresholds be. So it's out of 40 points. What should, should we just say 36? That's quite high. 35. Let's go 35. 35 points. I think you're going to do it. Do you? Yeah. Well, I've got not much confidence. But I can't remember what I said to Dan. Did I say to Dan 34? I think you said 34. Let's let's do the same, man. Let's do 34. Let's keep, let's keep it equal. Because yeah. I know Dan was incredible. Because I did listen, to be fair. <laughs> Dan was incredibly close. He was close. And do you know what? I felt like he was pressured by time. And I think it stopped him thinking straight as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, time will tell. So you've got 34 points to get. You have to name all 20 Premier League managers. Okay. Start now, shall I? Start now. Yeah, start in your own time. Uh, Arteta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Liverpool. yeah, sorry, I, I, it's not that I wasn't sure as what answer I was looking for it on my list. Sorry, no, that's fine. Uh, Pep Guardiola, yeah, Ten Hag from Man United, yeah, let's do your boy Angie Postacoglu, David Moyes, yeah, West Ham, and, and then they played Chelsea yesterday, so uh, Mauricio Pochettino. Yeah. Have I said Emery? Not yet. I have now Emery. Who not yeah. Emery? Uh, how many points have I got? 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 16. 16. I need 34. Yeah. Oh, Roy Hodgson. Just about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thomas Frank, Brentford. Yeah. 
Deserby. Right on. I mentioned him earlier, so Gary O'Neill. Wolves. Yeah. Hodgson. Oh, Vincent Company, Burnley. Yeah. Um, or Newcastle's Eddie Howe. Yeah. Steve. Is it Steve Cooper? And that's yeah. Cooper. I can't remember his first yeah, name. Steve, Steve Cooper. I think you've only got four more to get, Dave, for a clean sweep. Only four more. Just think about the clubs. Oh. Sean Dutch. Jack <laughs> needs the first manager to be sacked. Is that who your money's on? I, I think he'll go, yeah. Yeah. Mind you, if, if I was Everton, I'd want the board sacked. Yeah. I'm not. Oh, I remember this from the last episode because Dan forgot and he's a little bit ashamed. So he forgot Kenilworth Road from Luton Town who were in Luton and managed by Robert, Rob Edwards. Yeah. Good. Three more, three more to go. Three more. Did I say Gary O'Neill? You said Gary O'Neill, yeah. I've said Ten Hag, haven't I? Yep, so, yep. Marco Silva. Uh, yes, yep. So you've only got two left. So you've passed the challenge. Oh, have I? Okay. Yeah, but it's two, two for the, two for the clean sweep. Which clubs have not done? <laughs> Do you want the clubs? Hacking bottom. Sheffield. Yes. One more for the one more for the clean sweep. And I know this I know this one now. It was a controversy. How can I how do I Iriola. Yes, Dave. Well done. 40 out of 40 points. Yes. Do you think you would have done that three weeks ago before the season started? Do you reckon that would have been a bit... Do you think because it's in the news lately, you might have had a bit of... Yeah, I think... I think, had I done this with Dan, I probably wouldn't have got more, I think, because I've had a bit more time to think and less pressure. Yeah, it's give me that more space and opportunity. Yeah, well, well, well done, Dave. Um, congratulations. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Uh, nothing from me other than Dampy. That's how you do it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> See you all next week, uh, and have a good one. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Just Football. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share with your friends and family. We're available on all podcasting platforms and you can follow us on X at Just Football Pod. In the meantime, keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.